Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Trent McWicket is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again, cutting into the margin. But it's McWicket four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4. The fastest trotter ever. Dewey did some good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy up. Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rockin' Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rockin' Ron, bit of a legend. On the outside, bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59, somewhere fancy. Rockin' in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here is the alert have won it! Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Sharton start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Sharton digging deep. Sharton's gonna dig in here and get the win here. Sharton up on the front end. That none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Giddy up! You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Hold on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy Bozich flying solo today for the next hour or so. Welcome on into Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. We have got a great jam-packed show for you today, as pretty much all of our attention is at Yonkers Raceway for the big Saturday night of racing. They have the Blue Chip Matchmaker Final, the George Morton Levy Final, and a great supporting card. We're going to go through all of it, dissect most of it, I should say, with our go-to guy at Yonkers Raceway, Pete Finagli. That's coming up at about the quarter after 11 or so. But we're going to get the skinny on a lot of the horses, uh, or some of the horses, that's racing in the Blue Chip Matchmaker and the George Morton Levy. We're going to talk to uh, trainer Dylan Davis here in just a moment. He has got apple bottom jeans in the Blue Chip Matchmaker. She is just racing so well right now, and she has got a post edge over Better Joy in Sharpton. So it is going to be very interesting. I told you from uh, the midway point of last year that 2019 is going to be the year of the pacing mares because such a great division, so deep, so talented. And that was even before we knew anything about better joy. 
and now she has emerged. Sharton is still the the one to beat. She is still the queen. But how well is Apple Bottom Jeans raced? And she has got a big shot in the blue chip match. We're going to talk to her trainer, Dylan Davis, about her chances in a little bit about her. Plus the George Morton Levy. We're going to get into Rodeo Rock with Andy McCarthy. Uh, Rodeo Rock is another horse that's been racing very, very well and has a big chance to take the George Morton Levy in my most humble opinion. So Andy McCarthy will be joining us towards the top of the hour. Plus somebody that's making their post time with Mike and Mike debut. And I love when we, Still have first-time guests. It's unbelievable that we've been on the air for two and a half years, three years or so. We still have people that haven't in the harness racing industry that haven't been on the show. But uh, trainer Jeff Gillis fits that role. And we're going to talk a little bit about another horse uh, that is sure to make his presence felt in the George Morton Levia horse by the name of the downtown bus. Now, no doubt, no doubt that Western fame is going to be the one to beat in there. Just no question about it. We talked about on this show if he's the next, you know, Keystone Velocity for the Allard Stable and or could even be better than Keystone Velocity. Uh, I'll tell you right now, he's clicking on all cylinders. I mean, you've got a lot of horses right now that are entering both of these races that are clicking on all cylinders. That's, I think, what makes it really exciting. So uh, we'll talk to Jeffrey Gillis about uh, the downtown bus. Plus, as we said, Pete Penagli will be joining us at around 11.15 or so as we will dissect it from a handicapping point of view, both those races and a terrific underlying card. Real quick, before we get to Dylan Davis and the first time out, a couple of congratulations. First of all, the George Morton Levy Tournament. Uh, the pay round started last week, and Nick has made the finals. Nick defeated Clint Lamb. We have no idea who's Nick Le- who Nick's last name is. We'll have to get it if we're going to send him some dough, so you can't be Nick, you're going to have to be Nick something. Uh, but congratulations anyway to Nick. Also, how about the matchup between Brian Owen and Tom Daly? How about these two guys? They couldn't decide it. They couldn't decide it last week. They, both the regular round of their picks and the tiebreaker round of their picks, they still ended up in a tie. So they've got to do battle on uh, some overnight races on Friday night at Yonkers to see who's going to play Nick on Saturday. But the congratulations to Brian Owen and Tom Daly. Boy, hard fought and uh, still haven't decided a winner, but we will on Friday's program. So, gentlemen, if you're listening, please get those picks to us ASAP. But congratulations to all that made the payoff, Ron, and congratulations to the finalists. And speaking of congratulations, while we're handing those out, congratulations to one of the true good guys of the sport, uh, Corey Callahan. Corey got his 6,000th win in the last race yesterday here at Harris, Philadelphia. So uh, certainly it was an honor to call that race. And and uh, congratulations out to Corey. 6,000 career driving wins. That is quite an accomplishment and many more. He'll be driving apple bottom jeans. And we'll talk to Dylan about that in just a few minutes. Let's get the show rolling. Enough of me blabbing. Let's Let's hear from Dylan Davis and Jeff Gillis and Andy McCarthy and Pete Fidagli, and we'll do that next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. 
It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is bigger than folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit HarrisHoosierPark.com for more info. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Good old Jackson Brown to bring us into our first guest. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bud America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. Mike Carter actually on assignment for the USTA. is doing some good stuff today. He wouldn't actually tell me what they're doing, but they're working on something over there at the USTA social media department. So maybe next week we can get the skinny with Mike Carter. But this uh, a big Saturday night of racing coming up at Yonkers. One of my favorite races each and every year is the Blue Chip Matchmaker. And our next guest has one of the prime contenders. Let's bring in Trainer Dylan Davis. Dylan, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? Good. How are you? Listen, you've got a very, very nice mare on your hands at Apple Bottom Jeans, a horse that is certainly just racing big. You had to be thrilled when uh, you saw the draw come out and, uh, you know, the post advantage uh, against Better Joy and Shark, and that had to make you feel good, huh? Yes, very good. (laughs) A lot better than it could have been, for sure. Yeah, no question. I mean, this is a horse that's got a lot of speed. Now, this is a horse. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, how you got her. This is a horse that's been uh, doing her racing primarily under Kevin Switzer for the uh, first three years of her racing career, and uh, you took over the training as a six-year-old. How did that come to be? Well, Kevin stabled in a barn right beside me here at Harrington Raceway, and I had kind of caught wind that, you know, he had some people interested in buying her, and... uh I kind of got myself in the middle of it and talked to my part, my owners there, Howard Taylor and the other guys, and they were very interested in a mare like her. So that's how it happened. Howard Taylor, of course, uh, Dylan, speaking of the uh, ownership uh, group of Howard Taylor, Ed Gold, Tom Lazaro, and, of course, the Bob Cooper stables. Uh, so tell us about uh, kind of how what, what your uh, first thoughts ever were when you first got her. Obviously, she was an eye source, you know, is a, is a three, a two, three, and a four year old and a five year old. But uh, you know, tell us about some of your first impressions when uh, you got a chance to uh, see her on a racetrack for yourself. 
You know, I I was lucky enough to see her every day. Uh, again, Kevin stabled right beside me, and uh, she's just a professional. I mean, everything she does, you know, she she's just perfect. She does nothing wrong. It doesn't matter, you know. Is uh, she's just very quiet, very happy, uh, very easy to jog, very easy on herself. I mean, if you want to train her, you know, she'll go wherever you want to go. She's not trying to run off with you or you know, she just does everything like an absolute professional. And, uh, you know, for being a Delaware bred, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, she, yep. she she's very, very special, I guess is the best way to put it. Six-year-old mare by Mr. Apples uh, of the Panda Rosa Mare, Celia Hanover. Let's uh, is, were there any changes that you had to make w- when you got her? Any, like, uh, personal uh, equipment adjustments or anything that you had to do when, when you first got her earlier in the year? No, not really. You know, I'm very good friends with Kevin Switzer and his wife, Denise, and, you know, they told me everything about her. You know, they didn't leave anything out, and uh, I was training her. They're getting her ready to race and stuff like that, and, uh, you know, I didn't change anything. You know, same same type of equipment. Uh, her training schedule probably changed a little bit. I mean, every trainer does it different. Nobody does it the same, and... Uh, you know, she adapted well to our training and our feed schedule, and, uh, you know, she's done very well. I just, you know, I can't say enough good about her. And she's done very well in uh, four of the five legs of the blue chip matchmaker that she raced at. She won three of them, and uh, two starts back was a, a near miss, or was a miss to Feeling Red Hot. Feeling Red Hot just got up uh, in time to uh, defeat the Apple Bottom Jeans, but of course she bounced back with a nice win. She's done it pretty much all the same way front end, so I'm not even going to bother to ask you about what strategy she is going to implore, because I think that's pretty obvious for anybody that can read a program, but talk about the race coming up. I mean, obviously you've got better joy. You've got Charton. These two horses have, uh, I mean, Charton is just, you know, she's just been unbelievable uh, throughout her uh, racing career here in North America, but better joy has turned some heads as well. You've got feeling red hot, certainly some tough customers in here to face. Yes, definitely. Uh, just hoping a you know, good trip out of it and, you know, naturally we would like to be on the lead or near it, but I don't want to have to beat her up to do it. You know, if we got to start banging heads with somebody early in the race, we're not going to be around at the end of the race. And, you know, that kind of defeats the whole purpose. All right. So, well, you know, uh, Dylan. Oh, go ahead. It's, it's Corey's job to have the strategy. It's my job to have her ready. There you go. And uh, speaking of Corey, uh, you know, listen, you, you use Corey a lot on your horses, and uh, he picked up his 6,000th win yesterday at Harris, Philadelphia. That uh, that had to be a special moment for you, too. Yeah, yeah, I probably, uh, you know, I wouldn't know the exact number, but I probably had something to do with a lot of those. <laughs> Yeah, no, no question about it. But hey, good to see a, a Delaware, a couple of Delaware guys do good. Uh, Corey, of course, is six thousandth win yesterday at Harris, Philadelphia. Dylan, we know you're a busy man. We'll let you go. Best of luck to you come Saturday. You've got a big shot from the two hole, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you in the winner's circle, my friend. Yes, thank you very much. All right, that was trainer Dylan Davis. Apple Bottom Jeans is his charge from the inside. He had. Uh, probably throw a party for himself when he saw that post draw inside uh, of better joy who drew number five and Charlton who drew number six just a great group of mares i mean an unbelievably uh talented group of mares uh not only in this race but in general racing here in 2019 it's going to be fun to see the mares the aged mares uh, continue to lock horns 
as the stake season progresses. And uh, it starts on Saturday, man. I am so excited for the blue chip matchmaker and the George Morton Levy. Still lots to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, the USTA. We're talking a little bit about the downtown bus coming up next with uh, trainer Jeff Gillis, who's making his Post Time with Mike and Mike debut, plus Andy McCarthy, Pete Finagley, and much more. It's Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing Colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old Colt Pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly Pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. That's right. By the way, congratulations to uh, Jason Beam. Uh, Jason, of course, is uh, the Thoroughbred host of the Thoroughbred Show on the Bet America Radio Network, and he's going to be announcing, what, the first uh, month and a half or so of the Monmouth Park meet? Fantastic stuff. Jason, a very talented announcer, uh, and uh, make sure uh, you check out his show. It's uh, 
on the Bet America Radio Network. Right now, we're going to be joined by trainer Jeff Gillis. Jeff is uh, making his post time with Mike and Mike debut, and he's got the downtown bus coming up on Saturday in the George Morton Levy Series Final. Jeff, welcome in, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Yourself? I'm doing fantastic. So listen, whenever anybody makes their post time with Mike and Mike debut, it's kind of a tradition on this program uh, that's you know been going on for a couple of years now that we always kind of ask you about yourself first, how you got started in harness racing. So we're going to throw that question out to you, my friend. How did you get started in the sport? Uh, well, since I was born basically my dad uh was a hobby horseman um he never did it for a living but he always had one or two horses on the side and i just grew um really in love with the sport you know you're i was kind of born into it and and it it kind of progressed from there Jeff, let's talk a little bit about the downtown bus now. He's in the George Morton Levy Series final, going for a purse of 662000 Not a terrible draw. Draws post position number four. Uh, you got two wins in the Levy Series. Uh, before we get into the actual race, tell us a little bit about the downtown bus. He's 2 of 5 as a 4-year-old. Had a pretty good 3-year-old campaign, winning more than half his races, banking over $270,000. Tell us a little bit about the horse, the backstory, if you will. Well, um, I bought his grandmother in full with his mother in Harrisburg um, back about 12 years ago. And um, uh, he took on significant, um, like, uh, sentimental value when my dad passed uh, tragically in a car accident. Um, My dad's nickname was Slim to all his friends. And so I named his mother uh, Slim's Place. She was born just before he died. So um, the horse has like a a real deep connection to me so um starting with that and and basically he's just been a really really nice um versatile horse he can he can race from off the pace he can leave with the car um he'll come right back to you after you do leave with him um he does a lot of things very very well and he's got a quick turn of foot so um i think that suits a half mile track well in general uh, to be honest with you, I had reservations about putting him in the series to begin with, just being that he is only four years old, and and it's um it's a tough start to your four-year-old year racing the season veterans, but it's worked out so far. Yeah, it seems like uh, in in you know I'm not a trainer. I've uh, only drugged the horse once, so there's still some brown stuff on the back of my pants to prove it. But I do have to, t- <laughs> I, I you know in talking to trainers, I always just assumed that the toughest transition for a racehorse was two to three. And I've had a couple of the real good trainers no say no. Actually, the toughest transition of a horse is between three and four, and that's I guess it's fairly obvious because a lot of times when you race at three, you're restricted to three year olds. When you race at four, you're pretty much all ages. And uh, is it, do you feel that way too? I mean, as far as the development of a racehorse? Yeah, I think you summed it up quite well there. Uh, your three-year-old year, um, uh, you're racing against your own kind still. And, and the four-year-old year, um, it's just different. Um, if we were, if we were uh, um, comparing it to another sport, like the aged horses have their man strength. You know, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a maturity. It's a physical maturity thing. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that the, the four-year-old year is, is the toughest. But um, my horse is a real mentally tough horse. Like, he got stung to a half in 53, 
And and I told Scotty uh, not to worry about it because, um, like, he, he's just not a horse that gets his feelings hurt. So he bounced back well last week. Let's talk a little bit about this race. Uh, obviously, Western fame is probably the elephant in the room. He's won three straight. He's starting right alongside of you. Rodeo Rock has had a very good go of it. So is ideal Jimmy, but post-date is certainly going to hamper his chances. J.J. Flynn has been good. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is certainly a race that can go a lot of different ways. What do you think about the race itself, and how do you hope it kind of shapes out in your mind? When you have Brian Sears, um driving your horse um you don't get to i don't get too um involved in the strategy um i have supreme faith in whatever he decides to do and i've got um a lot of confidence that the horse will race well in any one of those scenarios he's never had to be first up before but if that transpired i'd I'd be comfortable with it if he if he got to track a helmet for a while like whatever brian decides to do I'm very comfortable with and um and I'm I'm confident in my horse. I think he's sneaky good. Like you said, Western Fame is is clearly the horse to beat, I think. Um but it's a horse race and, and rarely do these big money finals go just the way you expect them to. So I uh, I'm kinda mentally ready for anything, you know. Now, Jeff, uh, obviously, you know, you talked about the uh, the tragic incident that occurred with your dad and the and, you know, the what what the dam and, and uh, her mother meant to you. Uh, what would it mean to you on a personal level to win this race here Saturday? Um, it, it would be astronomical, you know, um, it's a, it's a it's a race with a lot of tradition and 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 history and and um I, with the, with the having bred the horse, um, um, I've never won a, a major stakes race with, um, a horse that I had bred. Um, we've bought a lot of yearlings and what have you. And, and with the back story and what have you, um, it, it would just, it would mean an incredible amount to me. Jeff, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Uh, we know you're a busy man. We'll let you go, but best of luck to you uh, with the downtown bus coming up on Saturday. I do appreciate that, and any time. Thank you very much. All right. That was trainer Jeff Gillis, and doesn't that just go to show you that, you know, when we started the show a couple of years ago, we said that every horse has a story. What what a heck of a story that is for uh, trainer Jeff Gillis, tragically losing his dad and, and – uh, what the dam of this horse and the dam's mother means to him and what it would mean to him to win this race. That, that is, you know, ray, ray, harness racing at times could just be an unbelievable sport. And, uh, the, you know, obviously it would mean a lot for Jeff to win that race. So, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's a race certainly with a lot of moving parts. And uh, we're going to talk about another one of those moving parts coming up next. Uh, Andy McCarthy is going to be joining us. We're going to talk a little rodeo rock. And then from a handicapping point of view, we'll dissect uh, a lot of these races on that big Saturday card coming up at Yonkers with our man, Pete Finaglia. So don't go anywhere. Our show's just getting started. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the USTA and Bet America. 
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is bigger than folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit HarrisHoosierPark.com for more info. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, the USTA. Mike Bozich, Mike Carter on assignment today, uh, doing some work uh, at his job at the USTA as a part as a one half of the social media crew, and uh, they're they're working on something. They're putting they're always working on something. I'll tell you, Mike Carter is a busy guy. Him and Wendy Ross, and uh, you know, hopefully, maybe next week we could kind of get the skinny on what they're working on. Right now, we're joined by driver Andy McCarthy. Andy's got the assignment on Rodeo Rock coming up in the $662,000 George Morton Levy Series Final coming up at Yonkers on Saturday. Andy, welcome in, buddy. How are you? Hey, Mike. Yeah, good. Thank you. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. I know you're uh, you're probably en route. I know you've got some drives. You're going to be a busy man at Harris Philly today, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just jump in the car. I'm heading over there now. All right. Well, hopefully the traffic is better to you than it was to me. Uh, listen, <laughs> Rodeo Rock is a horse that uh, you've had a chance uh, to drive pretty much uh, the entirety of his six-year-old career. You've got he's got three wins of five starts, and he's uh, never hit the board uh, before you get here, or he's never missed the board, I should say, before you get here in 2019. You certainly have to be pleased with the efforts that he's been giving you on the racetrack. Oh, he's been terrific. You know, his first two starts over there were great. Um, you know, I probably drove him a little bad his uh, third start and then um, he had the week off and he come back and raced great I was very happy with him there last Saturday so um, you know with the position there we uh, see what happens but um, I'm sure he'll put in a full effort now, what can you tell us a little bit about uh, Rodeo Rock? I mean, maybe a little bit of the backstory. I know Bob Cleary trains him, and and uh, you know sometimes a driver can get a, can give a different point of view than a trainer. What uh, what do you know about Rodeo Rock's uh, backstory? I know that he was racing great last year. I um, I actually drove him two or three years ago um, 
for Don Swick, and then uh, he was doing a lot of racing at Yonkers last year and, and racing quite well over there. But, um, you know, this year we said uh, we're going to just try and take him off the gate and uh, just let him finish up, and, and he's been pretty happy doing it that way. But um, that's not to say he can't leave. It's just that that's what, you know, that was the program we kind of put him on this year. And um, But up until uh, this year, he, he's, he's been pretty versatile. You know, I've watched the horse race a bunch, but, um, you know, he's, he's a very, very nice horse, and uh, clearly he's done a great job with it. Visiting with driver Andy McCarthy. Now, Andy, obviously, post six is going to play a little bit of a factor. I mean, a lot of the main contenders are inside of your Western fame, the downtown bus. We just had Jeff Gillis on the program. J.J. Flynn has been racing lights out. I mean, you've got anything for love and more the better. I mean, it's a very, very competitive race. You're out in post position number six, and like, you know, you kind of alluded to before, it looks like he's been kind of primarily been racing from off the pace. Yeah, you know, we need fireworks um, in this race, I think. Um, I, I'd imagine there's going to be four or five guys leaving as hard as they can. I I hope there's more. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I've even got to push off a little bit just to just to see what happens coming into that first turn. I don't want to get put away too far back, but, um, you know, they're going for 660000 I'm sure there'll be a few guys taking a shot that first eight to see if they can get around um, one another, you know. Now, Andy, you primarily have been doing your racing in the States on the 5.8s and, and on the mile track at uh, Pocono and here at Harris, Philly, and, of course, at the Meadowlands. And you don't really drive at Yonkers all that much. And obviously we know that Yonkers is a half-mile track. It can be a tough track to uh, navigate at times, especially from the outside. What are your thoughts on, on uh, you know, driving at Yonkers in general versus driving at, at the bigger tracks? Um, I prefer a mile track to uh, to race on or a bigger track. Um, I just think it's a little bit fairer. You know, obviously, positions play a massive role on a, on a smaller track. Everybody knows that. But, uh, you know, it, saying that, if, if they do mix things up a lot early, you can close at that track. You know, the, the last turn's banked enough where you can... Um, you can swing three wide and, and sometimes make up ground if the ones up front are getting a little tired. So, you know, it's only a number going into the race. It, it all depends on the um, the speed of the first half, really, if, you, if, you, if you've got a chance or not. Visiting with driver Andy McCarthy. Andy, before we let you go, and I know you're busy and uh, racing here to Harris Philly today, but uh, just a little bit about yourself. Uh, over the winter, you uh, went back home for a little bit, huh? Yeah, I... Uh, I, I try to go home every year. You know, my oldest boy starts school this year, so that's probably going to put a dampener on that. But um, we uh, we went home for like seven weeks. It's always great to go home and catch up with the family. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's a long way to go, so we try to uh, make the most of it. We usually go eight to ten weeks, but um, we decided to come back a little bit earlier this year. Um, now, any, bus- now any, any, business, any business over there, or was it pretty much just a vacation? Just a vacation this year. You know, the last couple of years I've been uh, driving a little bit and helping that out. But, um, you know, I, uh, it was just solely a break this year. We actually done a road trip up the coast and went and visited with Noel Daly, stayed at his place on the beach there for uh, a week, 10 days, or whatever it was. I visited some family up uh, up in Queensland. So we had a great time. 
And of course, uh, we had Noel Daly on here uh, right before he left to uh, to move back down under. So I gotta ask you, how's Noel doing? Is, is he uh, is he making is he acclimating back to the homeland yet? He's doing great. He's uh, he's up and running now. He's um, he's got twenty stalls at the the training center there at Menangle. I think he's had three starters for three winners. So uh, he's certainly making uh, making his impression over there. That's for sure. All right, good stuff. Well, listen, Andy, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck Saturday with a rodeo rock. Best of luck today. If you want to see Andy drive, he's uh, pretty much got to drive every race here today at Harris Philly. So best of luck to you today. Best of luck to you Saturday in the big one. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right, that was driver Andy McCarthy. He'll be the pilot on rodeo rock. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what couple of really interesting races from a handicapping point of view, the matchmaker and the Levy. Um, you know, I mean, Andy's hoping that, uh, you know, that there's some fireworks early on, and I think there very well could be. There very well could be in the, that George Martin Levy. But from a handicapper's point of view, we're going to get the skinny from Pete Finagli here in just a moment. Let's uh, take another time out when we come back. It's Pete V as we continue to uh, take a look at this action-packed, Big Saturday card coming up at Yonkers. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner, Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Back on post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich flying solo today. Mike Carter on assignment with the United States Trotting Association. And our next guest is uh, 
probably going to be bugging us for a paycheck pretty soon. He's been on the show so often. Pete Finagli, you're pretty much the third. You're pretty much the third man here on the first time with Mike and Mike team. How are you? So always great to be on, and uh, you know I've said this before. It's it's always great to come on after a commercial for new vocations. It's it's such a great cause. I hope everybody keeps them in mind. Uh, it, it really is terrific. Um, but with, with regard to, to to Carter, I just want you to say we do have an update on the air for a while. But it's safe for him to come back on the air. Apparently, his name was in fact redacted from the the Mueller report. So tell him. He, well, you know, we were trying to get William Barr on the show, but uh, you know, he 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 backed out. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, but nonetheless, I, if I was Carter, though, I'd always my legal advice to, to to Carter is to always keep a toothbrush handy just in case. Okay, he might I be spending say, a little time where he doesn't want to be. But I, I, hey, listen, I gotta tell you, no matter what, no matter what your thoughts are, where in the political spectrum you are, you always have, you have to agree that there's never a dull moment. At least on the last since 2016, there always seems to be. Good TV on it. Oh, the cable news, they've got to be loving it. This is a boon for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. But anyway, well, the big night's to... coming up. You... Oh, uh, we've, got is... to, we've got a couple of days to go. And uh, look, I mean, we've got over 1.5 million in total purses, 400 for the for the girls and uh, what, 662 for the boys and, and the big ones. But there's a lot of things that have shaken out very, I think it's been very interesting this year, even more so than the last nine years that I've been doing the broadcast of the of the of the blue chip matchmaker and the levy we actually have 15 different trainers represented in the in the two races obviously jim king has the the two mares and no one has a horse in 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 in, in, in both of the big events uh and we really have just a tremendous amount of fresh faces we have the returning champ and the blue chip matchmaker she's the only one back from last year's final uh and as far as the levy goes we only have one back again from last year's final western fame uh, who was uh, seven or two from the rail last year ended up finishing seventh, but that one's come back uh, as an absolute monster this year. Uh, has been brilliant in each of the legs. We have uh, you know Renee Lord looking for his third consecutive Levy, and if you take the la- if he's able to pull that off, then a year before that he was the winner of the Blue Chip Matchmaker. Uh, so that's another great story here. And then of course we've talked about this in the last couple times that we've been on it. The, the 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 down under performance here has just been amazing. We have set of the eight uh, from uh, down under and uh, three out of the eight in the levy uh, from down under. So it's it, it, it's just a lot of stories to be written here, and it's been good to see the performance of those down under horses because it's really I think strengthened very much the, both of these series. You know, I do want to get to some of the undercard races because, I mean, this is just an action-packed card all around. You've got races for Levy eligibles. Of course, you've got the consolations. But let's mm-hmm. jump right into the finals first, and then we'll we'll get into sure. some of the other races. The ninth race is the Blue Chip Matchmaker Series final. Uh, $401,000 plus is the purse. We had Dylan Davis on the program a little bit earlier, and, you know, listen, I mean, all she has to do is look at the program to know what she's going to do, and, uh, I mean, she does all of her racing pretty much on the front end. She's got uh, a big post advantage over the, the two main horses in this race, Better Joy and Sharth, and, and the other speed horse don't think twice, so you definitely have to know where she's going to be headed. But the, this, I'll tell you what, and especially, in my opinion, because of the way the post draw worked. This is a really interesting race that in my opinion can go a lot of different ways. This is a really fun race. I think from top to bottom, I have not seen a field as strong as this one. 
uh, in all of the in doing the blue chip matchmaker. Uh, and uh, you know, to see uh, Monday night when the draw came out, uh, there were a lot of uh, sad faces, I'm sure, when they saw Apple Bottom Dean draw as well as she did, because uh, that's she's just been superb. She lost that one race; to, uh, she got beat down to the pocket by feeling red hot. Otherwise, she's just been brilliant. She took the one week off and came back very strong last week. Yeah, she's going to be put right on the point very quickly, and I'm not sure that anyone can really dislodge her from that, that spot. It's, uh, you know, I was interested to see what would happen with C. Swift Joy, but that one who's been so good during the series got the worst of it on the outside here. Uh, of course, you know, as we talked about, you have the two powerhouse mares from the, from Jim King. Uh, better joy and the amazing short end of a million dollars last year has been superb this year only race where she wasn't able to get involved was when she had the eight hole um but i don't know that frankly either of the king horses really have as much speed as apple bottom jeans and apple bottom jeans wants the front i think she's going to get it and i think as a handicapping view on this you would assume apple bottom jeans and short end will continue to take uh, deservedly so, the most money on on uh, on Saturday, uh, and they they will make a lot of noise. And uh, uh, my view is, I just wanted to maybe I'll take the third one because that one will give me the better best value, and that's better joy in. Tim Dietrich obviously had his choice of those two, uh, and he went with Short N, and I think there's a good reason for that. But better joy in is just very interesting. And my my co-host Frank Drucker had put out the story talking about the fact that you know this new face comes in, Dexter Dunn, it comes into to drive Better Joy Ann, but uh, uh, Better Joy Ann is not a new face to Dexter Dunn. I drove her when uh, she was a three- and four-year-old down under. So he's he's quite familiar with her, and uh, talking to Tim about, about her, she, she says she's just perfect to drive. And she's got the ability to win, and I think that's going to come in very handy for Dexter. Uh, watching the last race when Tim Tietrich came out of, you know, pretty far back, and I talked to him the next night, and he said, well, you know, she just going to win the whole way. There was no question about it. He was very confident. Um, so I think just for, I think you'd, you'd lean towards Apple Bottom Jeans if you're trying to say who is the most likely winner of the race just because of the tactical advantage. But I think the best value, if I had to pick one, it would be Better Joy. And and I don't mean to discount any of the other horses, any of the other mares, because they're just, they're just superb. And it really is such a strong field. You know, when you see a race like this, and I mean, there's quite a bit of speed on paper. Um, when you see a race like this, and everybody uh, knows pretty much from a tactical point of view from the outside that Apple Bottom Jeans is going to go to the lead, do you think maybe that uh, – and, and I know they're going for 401K, don't get me wrong – do you think that there is a chance that, that Apple Bottom Jeans just makes the lead and everybody just tries to file in line behind her knowing that if they leave that it's going to be – I don't want to say a suicide mission, but pretty darn close. Well, there are some horses here, uh, some mares here who will be very happy to pick up a third-place check too. So sure. the, the, that that is an element. I mean you have the interesting uh, situation here where, of course, these horses are all racing uncoupled. Uh, and but you do have the two from the King Barn, so there is a there is an issue. Perhaps one of them tries to put pressure on Apple Bottom Jeans, and the other one does not. Um, you know, n- neither Better Joy or Chardonnay or Rabbits by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But you you would expect one of them at least to go out there and make things a little difficult for Apple Bottom Jeans. I don't know that both will. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, you you hope you don't see that. You hope to see some action, and that's why I say you know both both of them uh, the King. 
mares are, are, are capable of winning this, uh, not on the lead. I think Apple Bottom Jeans probably need to be at least in one of the two forward spots, probably on the lead, in order to win. But the, the uh, boy, and, I, and, and again, I, we talked about this I think, a couple of weeks ago. Jim King was saying, you know, during the series, he was having a tough time separating who was the better one, a better Joy and Short End. And given Short End's credentials, that's a, that's an incredible statement about Better Joy End. That's going to be a fun one, man! I can't wait. I will definitely be glued. Uh, if you're, if you, you have to watch this race, racing fans, because that is just going to be uh, a fun, fun one to watch. And so's the George Morton Levy. I mean, that's race number eleven. They're going for uh, more than six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. We had Jeff Gillis on. Uh, the show. What a great story the downtown bus is. So certainly there's some emotional ties there. Andy McCarthy had him on the show. He's very high in rodeo rock. He's been doing pretty much everything that's asked, and he's obviously hoping for some fireworks. But the obvious elephant in the room is Western fame. And, uh, you know, when Rene Allard bought that horse, uh, when he got that horse and his, and his group got that horse, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was, is this the next Keystone Velocity or will he be better than Keystone Velocity? And I think that question is going to uh, I don't know if it'll be answered after this race, but I think it will certainly go a long way in answering that question as performance comes Saturday. Yeah, I remember the very first week you made reference to the fact that maybe Western Fame will be the, the third consecutive one for, for Rene Allard after the two back-to-back wins by Keystone Velocity. The, the interesting thing about this race, and we've seen this on an awful lot in Levy for whatever reason, um, if you moved Western Fame to the outside, you'd almost be – racing this with the horse's handicap based upon the in particular most recent performances because you have horses like Ideal Jimmy, The Wall uh, on the inside. Down on the inside, some of the horses that are there have not fared quite as well in the recent weeks. But I do got to say about Jeffrey Gillis' performance at Downtown Bus, I had the same thing that he did. He's a lot smarter than I am about this sort of stuff. But uh, the idea of a four-year-old being able to get through a series like this, I mean, that is a tremendous training job uh, by Jeff Gillis to, to have this one ready to roll in a, in a series like this. And I should also say the same thing about Irv Miller on the outside with Ideal Jimmy. You just look at the past performance lines and you see this horse had one start last year, and yet this horse is back ready to roll in a, in a series like this and has been brilliant with three front-end wins and two really solid closing efforts as well. I mean, so there's a lot of great training work going on in this field. And uh, I, I think you'd have to be foolish not to say that uh, Fame is your most likely winner of this race. And apropos of what you were saying about the, the blue chip matchmaker, this is one where I, I think there might be some great willingness to let Western Fame get to the lead. Certainly Joe Bongiorno on the rail would be very content, uh, as he did in the first leg, to sit the pot and, uh, and when he picked up his only win in the series. But you'd, you'd want to sit right behind Western Fame. Now, because of that, uh, I, I just can't imagine that Brent Holland is going to want to just stay at the back of the pack with Field Jimmy. I'm a big fan of Brent Holland. Brent Holland knows if he stays at the back of the pack, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to win. He's leaving the gate, and he will try and find a spot or run onto the, the lead if he has to. Um, yeah, He's been so good during the series, and again, the fact that he's done it two different ways, either on the lead or coming from off the base. Uh, I just have tremendous respect for that. So I guess I'm, I am going with the two best horses, notwithstanding the fact that they didn't look particularly well, and that's Ideal Jimmy and Western Fame. And again, the value is going to be there on Ideal Jimmy, not on Western Fame. And so my guess is that come Saturday, I'm going to be betting Ideal Jimmy just to see if he can get the job done. Uh, I mean, the interesting thing about this race, if you did have 
a pace meltdown. You've got horses like Rodeo Rock and The Wall who have proven their ability to win these kind of races from off the pace. Uh, so if that happens, it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting in the lane. But uh, I'm just figuring Ideal Jimmy will find a spot somewhere, and he'll have to take a shot, and he'll have to be very good to run down Western Fame because Western Fame has been superb. Could this race, and if you look back at the Levy legs, and Western Fame was in all five of them, he won four of them. The only horse to beat him in any of the legs was J.J. Flynn. And you look at that effort back on the 23rd, it was a grinding effort. Western Fame did get away with that uh, second quarter rating, but J.J. Flynn kind of got the jump on him, beat him on the turn. It looked like Western Fame was a little rougher on that turn, actually. Maybe threw in a step or just wasn't, I don't know, just wasn't the best gated around that final turn, but Western Fame did battle back. Since then, J.J. Flynn lost to Lion Steel, who just who freaked on the 30th, and uh, you know, come back to uh, pretty, the year at Yonkers, yeah, yeah, in that uh, what would they go fifty, yeah, fifty and four, and then uh, and then followed that up with uh, kind of an easy front end win, got the big rating in the second quarter, but it went a, a pretty decent back half to finish up in fifty two and two. So my question is, if you look at all the horses, JJ Flynn's the only one coming off a week off. Does that help right. or hurt? You think? You know, everybody has a different view about that. Preference would have been to do what some people did, which is to take the the four week off and have the prep the week before. Uh, but you know, as about these these trainers who have done such a great job with these horses, they know their horses. And I know Jim King's plan all along coming in was to give his two mares off the week uh, week before the final. Um, but uh, you know, so I think I can cut either way. I, I again, I would prefer to have this, the 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 prep the week before. But again, Western Fame has danced every dance in the series, and so has Ideal Jimmy, and uh, they both seem to be very strong. And I know Brent's so high on uh, Ideal Jimmy, and again, he's shown so much in terms of versatility. I I, I, I know I'm going to get a price on that compared to Western Fame. Western Fame's got to be very short this Saturday. I thought. Yeah, you know, again the downtown bus. Again, Jeff Gillis's training job has been superb. That's it's just tough for a four-year-old to win the win the final with George Martin Levy. There's just uh, too many talented horses that uh, will be battling with him. So I'll, I'll get my edge to the Western Fame and Ideal Jimmy, but the value is going to be with Ideal Jimmy. Let's uh, talk about the consolations real quick. Race eight is the blue chip matchmaker uh, consolation going for $75,000. And uh, but I'll tell you, we're looking at this group of mares. This just proves how deep the mare division is this year. I mean, when you've got the likes of Medusa, Newborn Sassy, and Delightful Memphis, and Twinkle, and uh, Camera Lady, who I think has been racing good as of late, when you've got that kind of talent racing at a consolation, that goes to tell you how deep this mare division is here in 2019. It is really terrific. I mean, there were horses on the outside like Twinkle. I've just been nothing but respect for that one. Uh, delightful Memphis picked up a very impressive win in the in the uh, in the first leg of the of the blue chip matchmaker when he was able to run on uh, a short price front runner in that one. Uh, and, but uh, and you got anytime you have Eddie Hart in the rail, uh, you got to respect that with Medusa. That that one has just been so good over the years. And of course, you have a two pronged uh, Burke entry uh, here in the consolation. And as you said, Camera Lady has been racing uh, much better lately. Thought it was very good last week. She wasn't gonna she wasn't gonna win the race behind Sea Swift Joy, but uh, she I thought she raced very well. Uh, but my, I'm going here with uh, Jim King, the third uh, head of the 
three-headed monster for Jim King, newborn Sally, who I think has had some pretty unfortunate luck in, in the series, but managed to pick up a couple of seconds along the way. And I think the the, the reduction, obviously, in the, in the company here is, uh, I think she's primed to really get out of the gate very quickly and, and control things. And I don't think they're going to catch newborn Sassy. Yeah, I mean, here's just another one of a long list. It seems like the the arsenal of mares that the King Barn has is just unlimited. It's, it's, you know, how about that old saying? They don't regroup, they reload. That's it. Just keep coming at you. It's, it's, and again, it's it's great to see Jim King. I mean, we, we we're so happy when he gets his. He brings anything up to Yonkers. It's it's a, it's a pleasure to have him. Yeah, really, really good operation. Yeah, good, good people. Let's take a look at the Levy Constellation, why don't we? Race number 10, uh, once again, another good field of eighth. I mean, uh, you got some good horses in here. You know, Lion Steel's got the fastest mile at Yonkers this year in 150 and four. And, you know, really kind of a bad luck uh, for him and trainer Dennis Watson that left last start, or the two starts ago and just got hung up in that 53 and three, that insane mile. I, I, don't, I don't know why he couldn't c- c- continue on in that race. That was kind of a poor yeah, no, there's no, yeah, no excuse. Just keep absolutely. going. <laughs> no absolutely. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Then he came from off the pace. I thought closed well. Come up at 26 and 4 at Yonkers. I don't care what the early fractions are. Whenever, whenever you can come home at sub 27 at Yonkers, that's saying something. So Lions Steel, probably the hard luck horse after that real good effort, uh, but uh, obviously has a big shot here in the consolation, I think. I think that's right. And again, Jordan Stratton, two back. Um, uh, you know, made the decision to leave after the very impressive off the pace effort, and, and, and obviously it did not work out well. Um, last week, I really thought he was driving uh, Lion Steel. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember specifically the point totals, but I think he was really going to have a tough time making the final. Uh, and I think he would just uh, gave him what I thought for this race was a perfect prep. He really uh, was able to make a nice run late. Uh, and, and get him in position. I'm, I don't know whether uh, he's going to be driving Lion Steel. I haven't seen the final program yet, but uh, Pacing Major is more likely going to be who he's going to be driving. I, I have a lot of sentiment, a bit of a legend, not in the final. My favorite horse, uh, Pacing Major, of course, picked up one win at 67-1 to 1 and I think has been pretty good in the last two. I want to see what that one does from the inside. Uh, and of course, I, a horse I did have a couple of starts ago. It's one of the rare wins I have. Uh, it was Better's Fire, who just seems to me, if Lion Steel for whatever reason doesn't leave the gate, Better's Fire is going to be a real handful here because uh, if that one can get away from the gate in good order, like he did two back and make the lead, and I don't think you're going to have resistance from pacing major and endeavor in that regard. The only one who will present a problem is Lion Steel if he leaves. Better's Fire can be involved. I am expecting Lion Steel, however, to, to get out of the gate in good order. Uh, and it might very well line up with the 3-4 the and then one behind that. And uh, I have a, a sentimental reason to root for Pacing Major because he lost a, a bit of a legend in, in the series. Can't wait till he comes back. Uh, but Lion Steel looks like uh, probably the best one. But if you're looking for value, you might get it with the Better's Fire again. All right. Well, Pete, listen, we're out of time, buddy. We've got, uh, once again, Levy eligibles uh, will be uh, doing battle earlier in the card, along with, uh, I think you got some preferred uh, on the pace and the trot. You've got several multi-race wagers. Uh, the pick four, a pick four starts in uh, race number three. That's actually a preferred pace. Uh, and let's yep. see, you've got the another pick four that starts in race five. And, uh, and of course, the 50 cent pick five. 
it, it is a terrific card. Unfortunately, a couple of short fields, but uh, small town throwdown in the open looks like a, a, a monster on Saturday. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to be a fun uh, fun uh, night, and we're going to keep people uh, waiting this year. We carded the Blue Chip Matchmaker in the Levy, ninth and 11th. So it'll be fun to have everybody there at, uh, at Yonkers or watching wherever they're watching. It's, it's just going to be a great night. All right, a and, fun, uh, fun card. And good luck but... tomorrow night to the two. Uh, I like this. You have a, a, a play-in game for, for Saturday night for the Levy contest. That's that's uh, that's going to be interesting tomorrow with your contest, right? Yeah, it certainly is. And special thanks to the Standard Bread Owners and Association of New York once again for uh, sponsoring the Levy contest. That's that's really taken a life of its own. You know, Pete, when we started that, we started it with 32, uh, and that was the first year. The second year, we upped it to 64, and Carter and I were, you know, talking and, and, and trying to decide if there was going to be enough interest to go 64. I think the thing filled in like two hours, not even, maybe not even two hours. So it was, uh, you know, it's a lot of interest the thing is really taking a life of its own and people really look forward to it i'm glad to see the card is going to be his keep tomorrow with an extra night of work on that that's good <laughs> all right pete we certainly appreciate you joining us buddy and uh, we'll see you saturday night man it's going to be a lot great, of fun great to be with you all right that was pete finaglia boy what a card what a card coming up on saturday at yonkers highlighted by the blue chip matchmaker and the george morton levy and both of them on paper, uh, they, uh, they're they going to be some entertaining races, no question about it. Let's uh, take our final time out. When we come back, we'll wrap things up on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMetalands.com. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com.
All right. Well, it was certainly uh, a pleasure being with you today here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. We certainly appreciate everybody joining us here today. A special thanks to our guests, Ellen Davis, Andy McCarthy, Jeff Gillis, and Pete Finaglia. And uh, good luck to all of horsemen. Is a post time. I hit the open by mistake. Come on now, Mike. Come on. That's the first studio mistake you've made in a while. Anyway, we appreciate everybody joining us. Our guests, Dylan Davis, Andy McCarthy, Jeff Gillis, and Pete Penagli. And once again, uh, uh, good luck to all the horsemen uh, that are racing on Saturday night at Yonkers. Uh, please be safe. And uh, listen, it's going to be a great card coming up. If you're anywhere in the vicinity, you have to catch it. If you're a harness racing fan, Yonkers is a must-see spot for you coming up on Saturday night. On behalf of all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, we will see you next Thursday for the first post of 10 30. Good night, everybody. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know. Oh